listening to the Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Reek, being joined, as always, by the publisher of the Barkboard, Mr. Jackson Moore. And Jackson, you, you've kind of had a, a week to kind of just relax. Well, maybe not, because you cover other teams, right, Jackson? So <laughs> you you got a, a chance to relax from, from Bulldog uh, football. But what is going on with you? What, what, what have you been up to this past week? Yeah, I could not believe it. You know, I, I helped cover five different teams for 24-7 sports. Of course, I'm here in Fresno and uh, around the Bulldogs the most. But um, three of them, not just Fresno State, but three of them had bye weeks last weekend. And one played on Friday. So <laughs> I only had one out of five teams playing last Saturday. They got done. And I got to enjoy the San Francisco Giants. Well, I didn't enjoy it because <laughs> they got blown out. But... I got to watch the full San Francisco Giants playoff game, so that was a uh, an unusual Saturday for me, and it was a, a nice one to not have to cover so many games because there were so many exciting football games going on, especially in the morning. Yeah, you got a chance to kind of just kick back a little bit and uh, and enjoy other games that were happening around the country. And and by the way, I was enjoying that uh, Dodger game. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're in misery, I'm I'm elated. <laughs> but but, but uh, no, you you got an opportunity to see some wild things happen in the NCAA uh, this past weekend. Uh, one of which was the fall of Alabama, number one team in the country, lost this this past weekend. And this goes back to what I had uh, mentioned to you last week that the top twenty five rankings are very fluid this year uh, only because of, you know, the, the year that was taken off last year, uh, people are still trying to figure out where all these teams should fall in. And there's quite a bit of parity happening right now in college football, right, Jackson? Yeah. And right when you think you got the team spotted where they're supposed to be, then they fall. And even Alabama hasn't been uh, invincible to it this year. Um, I mean, yeah, it's been tough to tell. I mean, about Georgia and Cincinnati seem to be about the only two teams you can rely on every week so far. And I'm sure those upsets could be coming sooner rather than later. And then um, you got Oklahoma, who has survived a bunch of close calls. They're still undefeated. And I mean, yeah, it's going to be a, a wild race to the college football playoff. And even in the Mountain West, uh, with how many quality teams are at the top of the conference, it's going to be. I think a, a wild one week in and week out. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, talking about Cincinnati, if, if they can pull it off, if they sneak into that college football playoff, or if um, they get left out, or you know, what, what kind of happens around them at the top of the, the rankings to see if they make it or not. So, I mean, this year, it's, uh, a lot of the coaches have mentioned it too, that this has just been an odd year in terms of the parity, the difficulty, more so being this year to win week to week than it has been in the past. And, um, we're, we're definitely seeing it halfway through the season. Usually at this point, uh, a lot of teams are kind of separated uh, from the top and the bottom uh, of each conference. And uh, so at least in the Mountain West, you've got about one or two teams that are too good, and everyone else seems to be dangerous right now. 
Yeah, things are very hectic at the moment of just trying to figure out who is who in the uh, college landscape, so to speak. And uh, I, you know, it's actually made for a very entertaining college football season because uh, you never know who's the next team to fall off and and lose to an unsuspecting foe. And you know, unfortunately, the Bulldogs were a part of that this season when they lost to Hawaii, and so. I don't know, Jackson, do you see more of these kind of uh, games happening this season where uh, teams that are ranked are getting knocked off by unranked teams? Because it seems like that's beginning to be a a trend this season. Yeah, um, it seems like the gap is not nearly as wide and there's not as many of those teams at the top this year that just kind of automatically win every week. Uh, I mean, of course, Clemson has taken a, a big step back this year, but I mean, even look in the in the uh, the Mountain West, where you've got Boise State, who was two and three this last weekend going into the weekend, but you figured they were about as talented as a number ten BYU would be, and and they went in there and they, they won that game, and it wasn't a like a fluke or luck or anything. I mean, they had a, a handle on that game for a lot of it. So, uh, I mean, I was at Stanford in Oregon. I mean, Stanford's a team that. Uh, they look every bit as athletic and talented as anyone else in the country, but they're an inconsistent team. They beat Oregon one week. They lose to uh, UCLA and Arizona State the week before and the week after. Uh, it's just been uh, the, the margin for error in college football itself is very slim, but this year especially, uh, the, the gap does not seem to be nearly as wide. Uh, I think the super seniors probably have a lot to do with that, especially at the Mountain West level. You look at Fresno State, uh, where they've got two super seniors at defensive end, and now you've got a defensive end group that is as talented and as deep as uh, it has been for very few Bulldog teams that have had this kind of talent there. you got guys like Ronnie Rivers and Carrick Wheatfall and Juan Rodriguez, Kevin Atkins, uh, Tyson Maeva even at the transfer. Just a lot of guys that are starting that wouldn't even be eligible in most years, and uh, that's the case at a lot of schools. So, I mean, transfer portal and Super seniors has made uh, kind of filled in a lot of weaknesses teams would normally have and um, added to the depth too, so that injuries aren't hurting nearly as hard. Yeah, things have made it very interesting this season with that super senior uh, happening, and that that's going to stick around for at least another two or three years uh, until um, and, and until all those players that were affected by the COVID season. Are, are have run through the programs uh, and let's just hope that we don't have another one of those <laughs> um, things are looking good on the COVID aspect of uh, of of how things are being managed so hopefully uh, we're we're kind of hitting a turning point to where we won't have another issue where games are being canceled seasons are being canceled things like that so um so far, so good this season. We haven't seen much of that, and we'll, we'll hopefully continue to go on another uh, go on with the full season this year, and and then we'll really have some entertainment because things keep you know happening every single week, and of course this week Bulldogs are coming off of a bye, and from what I hear, Jackson, you've you've got some word that there has been some changes happening during this bye week. What more can you tell us on what's happening with the Bulldogs? Yeah, so they got most of the week off last week. Um, they didn't come back to an official practice till Thursday. They did do some strength and conditioning stuff uh, during the week, and the coaches went out and recruited. So 
it's not like they all just sat around and didn't do anything, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they did get to practice, and uh, we got to see Friday that Jake Hayner had his foot in a boot, and that was a little bit concerning. Um, uh, it was a little head-scratching, though, because we saw in Hawaii he hurt that ankle, and then he ripped off like a 20-yard run not too long after that, but it looks like it was still giving him some problems, apparently, last week. Um, Tuesday's practice, he was out of that thing already, and running around and looking good. So I don't think there's anything to be concerned about there, but uh, the guys protecting him, it seems to be the biggest uh, point of emphasis this week. Uh, and of course, not just with pass protection, but that run blocking, uh, which has not been where it has been the past few years, especially when you've got a talented running back like Ronnie Rivers, who hasn't been able to get going like he's used to getting going at Fresno State. Um, so they've been making some changes. Um, uh, I mean, they, uh, Coach Grubb, the offensive coordinator, said that uh, they didn't have quite the physicality and the uh, attitude they were looking for in the running game, where um, it's not quite as technical as pass blocking. So they're giving some different guys some shots. Um, I mean, you're, you're probably going to see some changes to the interior line this week. Um, I did see the true freshman Braylon Nelson from Colorado whose family is not too far from Wyoming, which would be a, a neat story if he starts. Uh, he's really getting a, a shot to compete there at guard. Um, he's probably a tackle long-term, but he's the guy that they're trying out to see if uh, they might be able to find something better there. And they're just kind of shuffling some guys around and opening up competition a little bit more. And it uh, should be a, at least a slightly different-looking offensive line. I don't know how totally overhauled it will be, but I would look for a few guys to either be replaced or be in different spots when they come out on Saturday. Yeah, definitely going to uh, shake things up a little bit as they start to move some of these pieces around. And uh, and it looks like the injury bug is starting to finally catch up to the Bulldogs. Is you foresee uh, things starting to kind of go in that direction as the season progresses. We're starting to get more and more players banged up here for Fresno State. Uh, are you starting to get a little concerned that that could start changing things here? Uh, so far, so good for the dogs. They they had some hiccups during the the first six games, but you know for the most part, this team is is pretty healthy. They haven't had any season ending injuries. I think they've had a lot of guys that were just kind of worn and torn the last couple of weeks, but the bye week has helped uh, heal and, and get those guys back to a, a more closer to hundred percent state, but. You know, other than the, the concerns about Jake Hayner, which seem to be kind of every week, it seems like every game uh, he takes a shot that, that sets him back. But otherwise, um, there's only a couple of guys that have not been practicing, mostly reserves. So, um, I mean, the, the Bulldogs are about as at full strength as you can be. Um, at the same time, you know, they haven't had to deal with that adversity. So if it does hit here down the stretch, as it seems to do, uh, that could be a challenge for them. But they do have uh, a lot of depth at a lot of positions, and it uh, doesn't seem to be, outside of Hainer, um, too big of an issue uh, for this particular team. Yeah, now things are, are, are going to be getting down to the bread and butter of, of the season, or actually the meat and potatoes. That's a better terminology. <laughs> the meat and potatoes of the season as we start getting into the heart of, of conference play, and it's... Now injuries really start to to matter as the season progresses. So hopefully the Bulldogs can keep 
keep most of their team healthy uh, to make a, a run at the Mountain West title. Um, this week, of course, first challenge, they're going to have to go through Wyoming. Now, this is this was one of those teams where we mentioned last podcast, uh, we weren't really sure what we had with Wyoming. However, this past week, they played uh, Air Force and didn't really get blown out. They held their own against Air Force and barely lost 24-14. to 14. And you probably got a chance to kind of see what was going on with Wyoming there a little bit. Um, has it changed the way you think about Wyoming now that you have a little bit more uh, knowledge after seeing them against Air Force? What, what do you? What are your take on Wyoming Cowboys right now? Yeah, I mean, just the fact that they lost makes you feel that. Uh, I mean, when they're four and zero undefeated is going into last weekend, you wonder how good or if they might be a little better than you thought. But four and one looks a little more like <laughs> you would have anticipated for this Wyoming team. It's tough because uh, neither of those two teams played a single Power Five school, and they both had really good records going into that game. And it's, it's kind of hard to to gauge where either of those two teams are at. Um, Wyoming pretty much looked about as anticipated, where the team that doesn't pass the ball too great uh, usually runs the ball pretty effectively. Um, they're going to be leaning towards the run or at the, the most they're going to be balanced. And then defensively, um, again, if you're kind of talking about what Air Force does best, they pounded the ball 64 times and they turned seven completions into 110 yards. So it was kind of a typical game for the Falcons. That doesn't quite translate to at all to what Fresno State's going to do. Um, we do know on a normal day, Wyoming's passing defense is pretty dang good. And uh, this is a game where the Bulldogs really do need to get that rushing attack going. Um, and it's, even though we, we have a conference game, it's, it's still kind of tough to gauge Wyoming, but it doesn't seem like they're quite in that top tier of teams like their record would suggest. Yeah, it, Wyoming is still some sort of a question mark. Uh, the odds makers have the Bulldogs uh, favored by, I believe, three and a half points uh, in this upcoming game, uh, which is happening in Wyoming. Um, so Fresno State will have to travel and see what's going on with the Cowboys there. But offensively, uh, if if Jake Hayner is 100 percent, which you know, he's had a whole week to kind of relax there or, or heal up because he's been taking a pounding. Uh, this offense matches up pretty well against this Wyoming defense, right, Jackson? So let's jump in there. Let's let's break this down. Fresno State's offense versus Wyoming's defense. Yeah, this is going to be a, an interesting matchup because the Cowboys are, are very strong in the passing game, um, and which, of course, Fresno State has just been lighting teams up, win or lose every week there. Um, Hainer's worst game was like 298 yards, statistically talking about this season, but you look at Wyoming's side, they haven't given up 250 yards to a single quarterback. Uh, every game has been a, a low-passing game that they've gone against so far. Um, I mean, when you look at averages, I mean, you throw in an Air Force who doesn't pass the ball and the, some other teams that are, are run heavy, it is going to sway the stats a little bit. But the fact that not a single quarterback has really had a big day against them uh, does show some consistency there and the ability they have in the secondary. Um, and Wyoming's offense, you know, we're not quite there yet with the discussion, but they are a slow running offense, which means their defense is typically going to be on the field less and is going to make games usually lower scoring and, and create less opportunities for opposing offenses to get in sync. So that's always something to watch. But 
Uh, even in a, uh, they've had one kind of shootout game where they gave up a lot of points uh, against Northern Illinois. And even that was a team that only passed the ball for 233 yards. Um, they did have a lot of success on the ground. And that seems to be where a lot of teams have tried to attack Wyoming. And uh, Fresno State may have to do the same. They've It's kind of been a dual threat emphasis by the dogs where they really have a sense of urgency to get the running game going, just as you look at themselves. And then in this particular matchup, too, where they feel like they need that running game more than ever to have a successful offensive outing. Um, so that's where that, that urgency on the O-line and everything has kind of collided and, and put a, a lot of import on the running game. Uh, but when it does come to the pass, uh, you figure that the Bulldogs are going to be more successful than anyone Wyoming has faced. But um, if Fresno State does run the ball more often, like it appears the plan will be, um, those passing numbers will naturally drop. Uh, so you could see a, a Jay Kaner have his lowest statistical day but not be any less effective, just uh, less of a opportunity to throw the ball and sling it around like he has for pretty much all season long. Yeah, it could be it could be the opposite where uh, Wyoming hasn't really faced much of an offense, and the Bulldogs come and light them up and and even those numbers out. So it could it could go either way, right, Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm, it just seems like I mean, uh, there's more to it. But you look at Wyoming; they only fielded they defended ten passes last week, and they defended sixty plus rushing uh, attempts by Air Force. It just makes you think that they're going to be a little out of sync with when it comes to pass defense and could get fatigued a little easier against the run. I asked Coach DeBoer that. It didn't seem to be a, a big part of the equation. But, I mean, when, uh, it seems to me that when you look at those numbers and you kind of add in the, the grind of the season that uh, they could favor the Bulldogs to kind of wear Wyoming down in the running game and maybe uh, kind of catch them off guard in the pass early. Yeah, so it it could be one of those that that could just, um, you know, both teams filling each other out. And uh, although the Bulldogs have a very potent offense as far as passing wise, unless they can get that running game going and keep Wyoming honest, it could uh, it could very well be a long day for the Bulldogs uh, if they can't get things going on the ground because then uh, Wyoming can just key in on that offense. Uh, in in the passing game, do you see that being a problem for the Bulldogs against the the Cowboys here? Yeah, I mean the the Bulldogs the, the, they're going to be making some changes on the O line here to fix the run blocking, but it's tough to tell how that's going to kind of domino into the the pass protection. Um, but but overall, the Hainer seems to have kind of worked his way around that all season long and even last year at times um, with the bye week it might take a, I mean the Bulldogs have started slow anyway so if they do start slow it shouldn't be too big of an issue but um, I mean when you look at Hayner you look at the receivers and the talent they have uh, they should get some wins against this Wyoming pass defense as, as good as they are. I, I don't see too many concerns with the passing game overall other than the fact that it's just probably statistically not going to be as strong as it has been the first half of the season each week. Yeah, so it should. Uh, we'll see what happens here. I mean, it's 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 going to be a good matchup, uh, offensive and defense. Now, on the flip side of things, we've got Fresno State's defense facing Wyoming's offense. 
Um, and again, kind of, uh, kind of one of those to, to see what's going to happen here. What, what do you see, um, in this matchup with Fresno state's defense versus their offense? That yeah, was funny because, um, just talking with the coaches and, and players and, uh, the way that they describe Wyoming quarterback, Sean Chambers, who's a, a Kerman guy who's been, been doing pretty well for them the last couple of years when he stays healthy, um, they described him very similar to what they described uh, Shevin Cordero at Hawaii, who they did not see, but who they did game plan for that entire week leading up to that game. And so the game plan that they spent all week preparing for Hawaii that they did not get to implement, uh, a lot of it translates when you're talking about the quarterback. Um, Chambers is not as good of a thrower as Cordero is, but he is a lot uh, larger. He does stand in at six foot three and 225 pounds, so he's a tough guy to tackle. Um, he'll get those extra yards after contact. Um, but he does kind of the same deal with uh, Cordero, where they're guys that don't just run the ball, don't just make plays on their feet after plays break down, but they also keep their eyes downfield and look for that late passing play at the last second, which occasionally can bite you, but um, a lot of times it is a, it's a, a big element into that game. So that's something that Fresno State should be well prepared for if they can kind of complete the process of tackling him once they're there at the ball. Um, but otherwise, this is a very different offense in Hawaii. They are going to want to run the ball a lot. They're going to um, uh, do it more out of a traditional offense. Um, they've got a couple of running backs that they're going to feed over and over. Xavier Valaday uh, is the guy that has been uh, a solid for Wyoming for uh, quite a while now. He's a senior. He has uh, 436 yards on the year at about 5.2 yards per carry. He's got a couple of 100-yard games so far this season. Uh, doesn't usually break off the huge run. He did have a 74-yarder against Air Force. So that was the only run he's had that's anything like that all season long. So he's going to be a guy that just grinds between the, the tackles for four quarters, um, uh, kind of a bigger guy at six foot. But uh, then they add in the quarterback running game. They've also got uh, another sophomore back, Titus Swin, who is going to touch the ball quite a bit each game as well. Um, 5'11", pretty similar to Valaday. So the two of them, they're just going to run at you over and over and over and make you stop it. And that's kind of on the opposite side, President State's plan, where they want to go all in on the running game and make – Wyoming beat them with the pass because it's not something they're, they're too great at. Uh, Chambers, as mentioned, uh, he's a threat in the running game, but he hasn't passed for more than 204 yards in a game this season. Uh, completion percentage numbers aren't great, only 54%. So whether it's short yardage or long yardage, it's a lot better asking him to pass the ball than it is to try to stop that running game. Um, throwing about one touchdown a week. He's got three picks, so he's not too aggressive with it, but uh, could be in play here for a Fresno State offense that is, or a Fresno State defense that is extremely hungry to get one. I think they only have one all season long and it wasn't in the secondary either. So they are super anxious to, to get the ball in their hands one way or another. But um, this is not a, a defense versus offense matchup that seems too complicated. It's just going to be a matter of if Fresno State can win at the line of scrimmage and wrap up at the second level when needed. And um, if they can force Wyoming to pass the ball, I think it's going to be a good day for the dogs. And if for some reason they struggle to stop that run, um, it could be a, an issue in this one. 
Uh, we saw Hawaii have some success, but uh, a little bit different approach to it uh, out of the spread. So I think this is a, a matchup that favors Fresno State a little bit more than, than what they saw two weeks ago. Yeah, it's definitely going to be one that uh, uh, Fresno State, you know, is is favored to win. Um, I think they should be able to pull this one off by more than three and a half points, right, Jackson? <laughs> um, three and a <laughs> half, uh, I I think stems from the performance that they had against uh, Hawaii. Uh, disappointing performance, uh, you know, after they were favored by quite a bit to only lose. Now the odds makers are making it a little bit tighter, <laughs> and I don't think that uh, I don't think three and a half points does it justice. I think the Bulldogs should be able to win this one by way more than three and a half points, and and hopefully you know that is the case. Now, one question I've been kind of uh, trying to 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 figure out what's going on here, Jackson. It's a little bit with the the special teams um, with. Uh, you know Caesar Silva and and uh, I believe it's what Montano. Um, mm-hmm. Is is there a battle brewing there? I mean, after Montano had such a great season, and now um, Caesar Silva is back in the mix again. Uh, what what's the latest on that as far as the the special teams is concerned? Yeah, the um, the redshirt situation has kind of taken that out of the coach's hands a little bit because. If not, there would certainly be a, a tighter deal there. I mean, Montano was fantastic, made every field goal and every extra point he made in the, the three games he played. Um, but Silva has also been very solid for the Bulldogs as well. Um, I think still the only kick he's missed was that uh, 50-yarder in the opener that went off the upright. It wasn't that it was short. Um, so the the deal there is that Silva's back and healthy, and uh, Montano still has a redshirt season. So even though the two are, are so close they would rather roll the dice with Silva and, and keep that year for Montano down the road uh, he should have three more years to play after this year if he uh, stays off the field going forward he can make one more appearance and then after that it's going to burn that year so kind of fingers crossed here that Silva can stay healthy and that the Bulldogs can feel pretty good about their kicker situation for quite a few seasons after that. Yeah, that's definitely kind of uh, made things a little easier for the Bulldogs after them struggling for the uh, last two or three seasons trying to find a place kicker. Uh, it looks like they, they should be solid now for the next couple of years at least uh, until they can go out and find another kicker because things always keep changing as far as the kicking game is concerned. Um <laughs> But with the Bulldogs now uh, getting ready for Wyoming, there's a lot of implications happening around the the Mountain West, and we had a chance to kind of kind of speculate of what things may come and and what was happening. And lo and behold, exactly what we thought: Boise State was either going to lose and have a terrible season, or win and make things very interesting for the Mountain West. And they chose to go with the latter. Jackson, I'm not a happy fan about it, but <laughs> the uh, Boise State uh, Broncos ended up going, I believe they went in, yeah, they, they ended up going into Provo, Utah, knocking off uh, ranked BYU and did it, uh, you know, did it in a fashion where they were just in control of that game pretty much from beginning till end. What's your thoughts on Boise's resurgence all of a sudden here? Yeah, it's um, it's almost, <laughs> scarier because their record doesn't look great, but they're obviously as talented as they've ever been. 
uh, at least as of late, not of course the, the run the top 10 teams they had there for a while. But when you're looking at recent history, um, I mean, they probably should have won that game at UCF. They, they got some gifts, but they also kind of gave that one away as, as well. They lost to Oklahoma State by only one point. That's an Oklahoma State team that is, um, I believe, still undefeated and, and ranked pretty high right now. Yeah, they're number 12 uh, with a 5-0 and record. Uh, then they lost to Nevada, which well, there's not a lot of shame in that. It was kind of a, it was probably Boise's worst performance of the year, and they had the lead early, and it got away from them real quick. So uh, then they go to number 10 BYU, and they, they pour on 17 points in the second quarter and, and take control of that game and keep the Cougars away from making a comeback. Um, so they're obviously a team that's going to be as difficult to beat as ever, but then they don't have the record that makes them look like it, uh, which is um, not a great thing comparative for the Mountain West each week. But, um, yeah, they're still going to be a problem uh, for sure. Uh, they proved that. Um, they've got Air Force this week. They've got a bye. Then they go to Colorado State. So they're going to have some time to get ready for the Bulldogs, and uh, that's going to be a really, really – critical game uh, kind of regardless of where the standings are because both of these teams are going to have something to play for there yeah definitely and and it's gonna it's gonna make that much more of an interesting game there's no love lost between fresno state and boise state so when you have two good teams going up against each other it makes that game even more exciting although the bulldogs bulldog fans probably would like to you know have a a a a Boise State team come in in here licking their wounds and 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 in disarray, but that's not going to happen. People, <laughs> it's going to be two very good teams going up against each other, and will make that game even more exciting. Now, in other news as well, in the Mountain West, San Jose State goes down to Colorado State, thirty-two to fourteen. Jackson, you cover San Jose State. Were you surprised by this outcome? Uh, yeah, um, you know San Jose State has not looked good on offense for pretty much all of the season. Um, the three, the other thing is that they've been uh, some road travelers. <laughs> you know, they went to USC, which is obviously not a long trip, but then they went to Hawaii. The very next trip, they went clear across the other way to Western Michigan, and then this past week, uh, after having one home game, they went to Colorado State, of course, in elevation and not the closest team in conference, but uh, they only had seven points at USC. They only had 17 and a win at Hawaii. They only had three points, like 120 yards at Western Michigan. And then their starting quarterback got hurt, so it didn't look good. Um, but Nick Nash, the backup, has uh, been solid. He started, or he basically started and, and led the Spartans to a victory against San Diego State last season. Um, so there wasn't a lot of concern going to him, but the offense changes a lot. He's more of a running quarterback. Uh, they put on 37 points in a close win in New Mexico State, so it looks like they got things fixed. But in this game, I mean, they only scored seven points till the very end where they uh, finally scored in the last uh, minute and a half to make it slightly closer than it looked. Um, I mean, Colorado State, they didn't just have control of that game, but they kicked five field goals, including a 22-yarder, a 21-yarder, a 24-yarder, a 28-yarder. Those could have been touchdowns. This game could have been really really ugly um so san jose state definitely has some things to figure out offensively um they've got san diego state 
on Friday, which is not a, a great matchup to try to figure those things out. Um, unfortunately for the Bulldogs, they don't play till Thanksgiving Day, so San Jose State's going to have some time to figure this thing out. Uh, you'd like to play them sooner rather than later, the way that they're looking. Um, but ultimately, they lost their two-star receivers, and they haven't had the answer to replace them. Um, the offense hasn't looked very good, and um, the defense is still it's made up of about the same pieces that were very, very good last year. But when the offense isn't playing as strong, it definitely takes a toll, and we're seeing that right now. So they're at a kind of a pivotal moment themselves where they still control their own destiny, but they've got to figure things out real quick in order to turn it around, and uh, San Diego State's going to be, again, a tough team to do it against. Yeah, they're they're going to be – they're going to be uh, hosting San Diego State, uh, who comes into town still ranked in the top twenty-five, uh, and it, it's a team that is um, that hasn't lost a game yet this season. So San Jose State's going to have their hands full with San Diego, who just came off of a huge win. Well, not a huge win because they played New Mexico. They came off of a a game that they pretty much blew out New Mexico um, 31 to seven and San Diego is looking, you know, very good this season. Is this going to be a concern for the Bulldogs uh, when they get ready for, uh, for San Diego state Jackson? You know, um, San Diego state is a team that is not throwing the ball much. Obviously it's not something that they've done, but, you look at uh, you know, for the last several years, but you look at their win against Utah, a Pac-12 team. They passed for 44 yards in a 33 to 31 triple overtime win. Um, they haven't passed for more than 200 yards all season. They've only passed for more than 150 yards once. Um, they've got a really, really good rushing attack, obviously, as they would need to. But it does seem like a team that someone's going to figure out how to make one dimensional and stop that run and make them throw the ball. And that's something that the Fresno State did a really good job of doing against UCLA. Um, they haven't quite seen that run defense be as strong the last couple of weeks, but if they can, uh, I kind of like that matchup for the Bulldogs. But again, it's the San Diego State team that runs the ball a lot, kind of drains a lot of clock. You're going to usually have some closer games, and uh, it is a recipe where you can get tripped up a little bit at some point in the season. Um, their defense has held their own so far, but uh, I have a tough time seeing them going through conference play undefeated. I think the Bulldogs will certainly have a good chance to win that game. And if tiebreakers come down later down the road with maybe two losses, that uh, that would be a, a big game for the Bulldogs to win head to head. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going should be a good one once the Bulldogs face uh, San Diego State and uh, things as continues. Things continue to shake out in the Mountain West. You've got San Diego State leading, leading the West Division at the moment with Nevada right behind them and Fresno State in third. And the Mountain Division, you've got Colorado State uh, still leading because they haven't lost the conference game, even though their overall record is 2-3. and three. Uh, Air Force <laughs> in, in the second position and then Utah State in third tied with Boise State. So things uh, things are going to start to shake out here very quickly. Um, I mean, you had Nevada, who this past week uh, took on New Mexico State and and won that game fifty five to twenty eight. So Nevada looks uh, like it's 
<laughs> going to be a tough opponent as well. But I don't know, Jackson, do you see things kind of starting to kind of materialize here as people start to knock off each other um, here in the Mountain West? Yeah, I think it's just still going to take a while just because you've got um, Fresno State, San Diego State, and Nevada, I think they're all kind of on an even tier right now. And um, none of them have played each other, and it's still going to be a couple of weeks before that, that happens and it kind of shakes out. And then you've still got San Jose State, who, you know, as a defending proper champion, has returned almost their entire team. You figure they're going to figure that out at some point. And Hawaii as well, who uh, has uh, proven to be a as the Bulldogs know well, they're kind of a pesky team that, uh, you know, they, they had a bowl win last season. They're no slouches. It's probably not contenders, but not going to be an easy out each week. And even some of the mountain division games, Nevada is going to have to play air force and, um, San Diego state has gotten through New Mexico, but they also have to play air force. Um, they also have to play Boise state. So, there could be some cross-divisional games that, that trip up some of these teams as well. And I could still see a West Division champ maybe having two losses. And um, you got to win those tiebreaker games. And so we'll see what happens head-to-head. I don't think it'll shuffle out until then. Yeah, there's a big one coming up this weekend, uh, of course. That's Boise State and Air Force. Uh, Air Force has to travel to Boise State, but Air Force has looked very good this season. And now they have to go to the blue turf where it's notoriously difficult to win. How do you see this one matching up? Do you, th- do you think air force has enough to, uh, to hold off Boise state and come away with a win on the blue turf? You know, my, uh, my gut says, uh, Boise state's going to win that one. Um, I do think Boise is the more talented team. And you, know, you look at air force's record, it's much better, but, they really haven't played a lot of quality teams. Um, they had no power five teams on the schedule and they, um, they beat a Navy team who's not as good as they've typically been. Um, but Air Force has had a kind of a knack for playing Boise State. They knocked them off three years in a row there from 2014 to 2016. And, uh, some of the games as of late have been pretty close. There was a, a 10 point loss and an 11 point loss in the 2018 and 2019. So, it has been a game where Air Force has uh, made things more interesting than you would anticipate, and I think that could happen here again. I think Boise State's probably the better team. They're probably going to win this one, but Air Force is going to make it uh, close, and then it comes down to a couple turnovers. If they can make some of those swing plays happen, they can pull it off, but straight up, head-to-head, no crazy plays. I think the Broncos win this one. Yeah, this should be uh, one that uh, will will shake start to shake things out in the Mountain Division because Boise State is one and one, and Air Force is is two and one, and the overall record would put Air Force above Boise State because their overall record is five and one, where Boise is three and three. So right now, every every win matters in these conference divisions, not only to 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 get these teams qualified for a conference championship, but also to qualify them to host the the championship, right, Jackson? Now that that overall record tends to kind of uh, play into uh, how this is going to be determined or who's going to be hosting that mountain, uh, the Mountain West Championship, right, Jackson? Yeah, because uh, a lot of years you kind of have just one team that's pretty dominant, and you know they're going to host and. 
You've had other years, especially 17 and 18, where Fresno State and Boise State were neck and neck and actually had to, to play each other. And um, one year it determined it, the other year it should have. Of course, the Bulldogs kind of got robbed out of hosting in, in 17, but that's a, it's a different conversation. But yeah, this year especially because uh, most of the teams already have a loss. Um, in the West Division, you figure teams are going to be kind of knocking each other off and cannibalizing the division a little bit. So, I mean, it's really, really going to be up for grabs, not just each division, uh, but the fact that the opportunity to host as well could be wide open unless someone just goes on a real tear, unless San Diego State or Nevada kind of wins out um, or potentially a Fresno State were, were to win out from here on. They would probably be in a good spot to host now based off the Mountain Division. But uh, over on that Mountain Division, um, this weekend could pretty much put Boise State in the driver's seat if they win, and they're probably not going to be able to mount enough to be ranked by the end of the year with three losses already under their belt. So the door is definitely going to open to the West Division, but uh, you lose a couple, and it's going to come down to some computers at the end of the year unless someone really goes on a, a big run. Yeah, this is this is like like we've been mentioning. It's gonna it's gonna be very interesting to see how things start to shake out. Every single win is gonna matter, especially in that overall record, to try and figure out who's gonna be hosting the game. And like you said, there is that one one year where the the Mountain West kind of screwed up there and had already planned <laughs> who was gonna be hosting, and uh, that did not go over well. Uh, I you know I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I was one of them. I was not happy about that outcome, but it 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 is what it is. Uh, but they have since corrected that and now are waiting for the final uh, overall um, records before determining who is going to be the host of the conference championship. So things are going to start to heat up uh, as teams start to progress and, and face each other. I mean, this week, of course, that was the Boise State Air Force. Another key matchup, uh, let's see here, it was going to be that San Diego State-San Jose game. That's going to have a lot of implications. Hawaii, can they do it again and pull off another victory over Nevada? That's going to be one to watch there. Um, I guess, I don't know, the Colorado State and New Mexico, not really much of an implication there, I don't think. However, Colorado State leads the Mountain <laughs> Conference at the moment with, at 1-0. Uh, that's, that's a Colorado State team that I'm still kind of scratching my head a little bit about there, Jackson. Uh, overall record 2-3, and three, but they're 1-0 and oh in conference. So, uh, yeah, and their losses were to South Dakota State and Vanderbilt, a pretty ugly start to the season. And <laughs> then they beat a pretty good Toledo team. And almost, I mean, it wasn't almost, but they went to Iowa as the top five team and, and played them pretty close, only lost by 10. So, and then beat yeah, San Jose it, State. It, yeah. <laughs> and beat San Jose State. All over the place. And then lead the conference. <laughs> Head scratcher. So, this is going to be one of those where, um, Colorado State is we'll see what happens uh, just how good Colorado State you know because if you look at their record you should automatically think they're not very good so this could be one of those where they get a good win against San Jose State and then things start to really show up and and they start moving down uh the the rankings of the division there pretty quickly uh other game you've got Utah State and UNLV um 
UNLV showed that they are better than their record. Um, however, uh, they are yet to win a game this season. So they're better than their 0-5 start, right, Jackson? <laughs> it's just it's baffling. <laughs> you know, they play teams really hard but have just not had the breaks in order to, to pull off a victory. Utah State, I don't think they are going to be able to have enough against Utah. I don't know. Jackson, what do you, what's your thoughts on that one? You know, this game is being played in Las Vegas. Yeah, Utah State came out firing this year. They, they were looked really impressive with the first three wins, knocking off Washington State, knocking off Air Force, both on the road. Um, didn't quite have the talent or momentum to beat Boise State or BYU, even at home the next couple of weeks. But uh, they definitely proved they're kind of a tier above that bottom where we kind of thought they were going to be uh, right there along with UNLV. So uh, I foresee them winning this game. Um, uh, UNLV, again, as you mentioned, <laughs> not just made things tough for Fresno State, but they took a UTSA team to only seven-point uh, seven margin, and that's a UTSA team that is and 5-0 and is getting some top 25 votes. So they've got uh, definitely a, enough willpower here to – tough with games but getting over the hump is, is going to be a, a challenge and Utah State should have enough to, to get that one done. Well if you if UNLV keeps going the way that they're going they should get the number one draft pick. Oh wait a minute wrong type of football <laughs> so yeah <laughs> no the, this uh, UNLV team hopefully will at least pull in at least one win this season so that you know they don't go out with no wins this season after everything they have done against uh, other teams, keeping things close, but haven't been able to kind of pull one off. But uh, that is what is happening this week in the Mountain West. Jackson, before we start to sign off, any other news uh, uh, at the bark board that you want to kind of uh, share with anybody? Um, well, we got basketball starting to get underway. Uh, it's been after a couple of practices, and we'll have some more updates on that. Um, team is uh, they've returned all the key players from last year and they've added a, a transfer and it's uh, starting to kind of play out here in practice already um, football wise we've got covered from the bye week and from this week we've got a bunch of updates from practice and we've got a feature right now on the front page about Charles Remlinger who's a really fun story he was on the track team for two years and went to the Bulldogs walk-on football tryout and made the team one out of like 50 uh, students who uh, pulled that one off. So a really uh, charismatic guy and was a fun interview. So that's a a pretty cool story. And uh, one of the very rare um, dual sport athletes at Fresno State uh, on the heels of another dual sport athlete, Lorenzo Neal, who's going to have his jersey retired here uh, next week on um, the 23rd when the Bulldogs host Nevada. So um, it's a timely story there. And, uh, yeah, we're just covering the team. Uh, again, some changes this week. We've got those insights on the VIP board, um, coverage uh, of uh, this weekend's game. And um, when the Bulldogs get home from Wyoming, they'll be in California for the next five weeks. So I'll be at every game the rest of the way for the regular season, and we'll have a lot of scoop from the field on every Saturday. Yeah, so things uh... – Things are looking good if you're uh, a subscriber for the Bark Board. Plenty of information happening right now. So as always, make sure you head on over and get your premium subscription to get all the latest news and coverage of Fresno State Athletics. 
Um, Jackson keeps it pretty busy over there, so if you haven't done so already, head over to thebarkboard.com and check it out. Uh, You will not be disappointed. So if you are looking for Jackson, you can find him on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at RedWaveReport. If you haven't done so already, head over to our Facebook page and and give it a like. Uh, We share a lot of different things uh, on the Facebook page as well, so be a part of that community. And as always, uh, head over to thebarkboard.com and check out our uh, our boards over there. We've got a, both a free and a premium board. Of course, the premium board is where you're going to get all of your latest news and information. Uh, so with that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics. <laughs>